imagine you have a guest speaker、mm. and you're sitting in the audience as a young starting entrepreneur and you have so many questions, so many burning questions, and you want to learn from that person. Without having a chance to interact with this person, the, the time is sort of wasted. And also, from the guest or moderator's perspective, it's close to impossible to know what people are truly thinking about. On today's Tech Talk, we are talking to the Slido head of communications, Uri. This is Tech Talks. It's the twice weekly tech podcast featuring interviews with tech leaders and sharing a bit of tech news. So if you're interested in technology, this is the podcast for you. So I've just discovered that I've ruined Homeland for you. What else? Well, hang on. I wonder if there's anything else that I've accidentally ruined over the course of a podcast in four years. <laughs> Probably a lot、uh, without thinking. Any shows that either of you particularly like that you've already watched that you could spoil for people? Oh,、uh, Dexter. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. oh no, Dexter, you can't spoil because it's the same bloody plotline every season. Have you watched、it. the end of Dexter? No, I kind of got to season four and went out of it. This is just repeating. But no,、um, Akeesh ruined the last episode of Power for me, which I've been waiting for for three years. Power? Power. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's like、um, gang and like, that sort of stuff、um, in New York. And he went, Oh, so you, you know who's. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to. Am I on? You've got to be careful! Am I alive? Oh, <laughs> oh. Wow. And,、uh, and then he told me who, who's killed someone. And、uh, I just sat there like, I've genuinely waited and not ruined anything for you this whole time.、Mm. And you've ruined the last episode for me. It's like, you know, who's Kaiser Soze? Like, I kind of imagine everyone know who's, knows who Kaiser Soze is, but maybe now the usual suspects. Is an old enough film that a whole generation of people have no idea who Kaiser Soze is. I have no idea. Yeah, both of you looking blank now. <laughs> you know? Don't watch The Usual Suspects. Not one single I won't、thing. ruin that for you.、Uh, have you seen The Sixth Sense? Everyone has. Yeah, that's another one that you、I、think everyone has,、people. but yeah.、Uh, I have a feeling I've seen that. But I, I haven't seen Star, War, Star no, Wars. You've got to really ruin Star Wars.、Yeah. There's no way you should ruin Star Wars. No major twists there. Well, besides the whole Darth Vader thing. Oh, yeah, well, everyone knows that. I was about to say everyone knows that. I mean, you vaguely know it. <laughs> From Toy Story. That's the only reason I know that. Ah, Toy Story 2. Yeah, Toy Story ruined Star Wars. One of the best sequels ever. Basically, there's no point even me watching it now, so it's actually saved me hours of my life. You know what? I watched Toy Story 4 the other week and was really quite pleasantly surprised. Is that the brand new one or、yeah. is that the. Ah,、oh, see, I've not seen that. No,、yeah, it's good. Ruin it. It's good. <laughs> no, you can't really ruin Toy Story. But、Guys, are we、um, recording? Are we yes, this is, this, this is the intro. Don't worry.、Um, today's guest, Ali, Ali, you ruined that, so we'll, we'll go into the interview.、Eh? Hello.、Um, uh, joining us on today's show, Courtney and Ali, and our guest is Yuraj, the head of communications for Slido. So we will hand over to the interview, and I don't know why you're laughing at that. No, I'm just laughing at her waving at the podcast, and no one saw it. Right. <laughs> oh dear, audio. <laughs> hand over to Yuraj, and then afterwards we will be back with some comment. So today we're talking to Yuraj from Slido. Thanks for giving up some time and chatting to me. How are you? Very well, thanks so much for the invitation. No, don't, don't be silly. It was, it was fun to bump into Slido at Web Summit.、Um, having moderated a number of conferences over the last year, it's, it's a tool that I've used. So it's always quite fun when you've seen something that you've kind of played with and, and then have the opportunity to go, hey, come on, let's talk, let's talk about the business and let's talk about what you guys are doing and where you're going.、Uh, before we get into anything around that, 
I know what Slido is. I won't make the assumption that everyone listening does. And also it'd be good to find out exactly what you do within the business. Absolutely. So Slido is an audience engagement tool that allows you to do basically three things. First of all, if you are a speaker, if you're a moderator, uh, you are able to crowdsource the questions from the audience. So um, many people are scared to raise a hand and uh, ask in front of the room of full of people. So in this way, you can submit your question and the question basically appears on the screen uh, for the moderator to read to the speaker. Uh, the second thing that we do uh, is also live polling. So as a speaker or moderator, you can find out what the room is thinking on a certain topic. Mm. And the last thing that we released just recently, uh, it's in line of audience engagement, is quizzes to bring some fun uh, to the learning, which happens at the conferences, in the meeting rooms, or in the classrooms. So uh, what is your role within the business, just mm -hmm. so we're clear? Sure, so I'm the chief meeting designer, and I help to design meetings within the company, but I also work with the clients and consult on how to increase engagement at their conferences, events, or meetings. And how big is the business today? Uh, last year, we worked with over 220,000 events. And, and in terms of your internal staff number, how, how large is the organization itself? Sure, so we are now 150 people. And you joined when there were eight of you? Correct. Right, so you've seen the, the business go through a period of huge transformation and you, you came on board as kind of a content guy, right? For, yeah. for want of a better phrase. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's been an exciting journey, obviously, yeah. and I joined the company exactly to take care of the blog and social media and the, all the communication um, that basically was needed to, to do. And uh, it's been quite a journey. Um, so we have grown from 8 to 150 people and uh, we are based out of Slovakia, but now we've got the offices over here in London, about 10 people, uh, 10 people in New York. Uh, some colleagues are based out of San Francisco, but we also cover Asia. So uh, from a local business, uh, we became a global company. Out of interest, uh, you mentioned the numbers of conferences that you're working with there, and it is huge. Um, being an Eastern European business who's moved into London, who's moved into the States, was it was it harder to kind of get clients on board or with tech being so borderless now, did it really make any difference? From the very early days, um, and that's one thing that I absolutely admire about our founder, uh, Peter Komornik, like he wanted to create and build a global business. So when the first opportunity came, we basically ventured out. So the first, um, first city that we explored was Prague, which is, which is just around the corner. And then the second step was London. And it was a, it was a lucky coincidence, I dare to say. Like, first of all, um, we were all able to speak English. So there was no English barrier, uh, language barrier. In, I, I always in feel such terrible things. when I go abroad about the fact that everyone speaks wonderful English. I was in Iceland at the weekend and I just felt thoroughly useless <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah um and then 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 basically um uh, as i said like we didn't do any much of a, like a background research but uh, some of the biggest events agencies are based out of london so uh, we started approaching those by sponsoring some of the key events uh, over here in the city and uh, it took a lot of convincing, especially six years ago, like audience engagement as a category, it was a completely unknown term. So nobody knew what it was. So we had to look for those early adopters 
who understood the idea, who basically bought into the mission that we were trying to basically get across. And then again, to build trust with them, not only to build a trust uh, with the new technology, but also with us um, being a completely unknown company and uh, guys with a weird accent. Out of interest, look, you know, event technology, put here event technology, how it's transformed events. There is that, that aspect that being able to run a poll, being able to stop someone fearing putting their hand up and asking a question is a nice to have, but what kind of tangible value does it add to the event in the longer term, especially from year to year to year? Because I suppose those are the sticky points that are going to get someone like a big conference going, yeah, we're going to use Slider this year, we're going to use the next year and next year. What do you think the tech that you provide does that is more than just a nice gimmick that slightly improves the user experience of the, of the conference itself. Absolutely. So imagine you have a guest speaker, mm. let's say the founder of Airbnb is sitting up there on the stage and you're sitting in the audience as a young starting entrepreneur and you have so many questions and so many burning questions and you want to learn from that person without having a chance to interact with this person. The, the time is sort of wasted and also from the guest or moderator's perspective, it's close to impossible to know what people are truly thinking about and what they want to learn about. So it's really about maximizing that, that learning that can happen between the audience and the guests that sits basically on, on, on stage. And there's another thing that comes into play and those are big movements that are happening out there in the, in the society. Like we get so used to interacting on social media with each other, but also with the brands. We have the opportunity, but imagine um, it's a little bit of, um, it's, 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 it's a little bit of um, ironic, ironic that when you meet in real life, this opportunity to interact with somebody on stage suddenly disappears, or there is this kind of a barrier. So um, there's, also, there are also expectations that have changed, basically. And people do want to have that opportunity to interact with speakers. Now, one thing that I would be quite intrigued by is kind of how you worked with events to, to increase adoption of the tech. Because obviously it's great. If a big event goes, yeah, we're using Slido, please download it. That, that's, that's good, obviously, for your brand. But there is very little friction beyond someone's own uh, inhibition in sticking up your hand. And the one thing about technology is it's removing friction, removing friction. Downloading Slido, using Slido for the first time might be something that someone goes, oh, no, that's, that's no, it's too much effort, I'm not going to do it. So how, how have you worked to make sure that that user experience is as slick as it can be and as easy as it can be? Absolutely. So we have a mantra at Slido. And the mantra is as follows, that technology needs to be invisible in order to bring value. Right. And we try to make it as seamless, as easy to use as possible. So in fact, you don't have to download Slido. In the first place, it's a web-based application. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do, both as a participant and also as an admin, is just to go to slido.com and enter a simple event code and you're in. I'll be perfectly honest, as someone who moderates at events that use Slido, it's very, I get very lazy because I just get handed something where it's already exactly. on Exactly. <laughs> so I, I can't say that I've experienced actually having to log on and, and, and enter the event code, but no, okay, cool. Got it. So, 
you should be able to start interacting literally within a second or two. And yeah. we're working on joining the event even even simpler. So we started experimenting with the event, uh, sorry, with the QR codes, where you just basically open your camera on a smartphone and you scan it and you're in. So uh, again, trying to make the technology as simple as possible. Yeah. So look, I suppose an interesting point here is conferences are expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take Web Summit, for example. Um, a ticket for Web Summit is if you don't take advantage of one of the deals in excess of a thousand pounds and that's just entry to the event you've also got flights you've got a hotel you've got time out of the office um obviously there is huge benefit in going to the events but for some people it's it's too time consuming it's too too costly do people need to go with technology like slido available will we get to the point where virtual conferences overtake events physical events or do you think that physical events have a space going forward that will always add some additional value where technology sits alongside. Mm-hmm. In light of what you said, um, considering all the expenses that you have to put in order to come physically to the conference, maximizing that learning and increasing that audience engagement in the room is ever more important. Because once you pay that much money and you spend so much time on on work, on coming to the to the conference, you want to get the most out of it. So it becomes even more critical. So you maximize the learning that you get out of the conference and maximize the value. Because in fact, there are two reasons why people still attend conferences. First one is learning and you want to get the most out of it. And the second one is networking. And that is very difficult to do in the online environment. Um, you, serve, you sort of like establish that relationship when you meet with a person for the first time. Like no matter how many interaction points you had previously, um, it's really important for people to meet. And I think that will never go away. That's personal aspect, it will never disappear and people will still pay backs and, and get on planes to, to meet. So you mentioned quizzes as a new feature. Correct. Where do you think we're, where do you think conferences are evolving to? And how are we using new features like that to, to evolve their offering? That's a million dollar question, honestly, where we are going with that. But um, people, when people attend conferences, they get out of the office, they get out of the routine. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, they come to learn, they come to network, but also they want to have some fun. Like it's still about getting out there and enjoy them, themselves. And also the learning, um, just think to the day, think back to the days when you were a kid, you learned, you, you were learning and it was fun. And we are still kids at heart, so we want to have some fun. And just by bringing this kind of a fun element to the learning and to the whole conference basically experience, you can, you can create a memorable experience. You can really maximize that learning. You can uh, induce that kind of a feeling with, within people that's going to say like, wow, I love that. And I learned something. Um, so gamifying, gamifying the, the, the learning um, is, is a big thing. So look, out of interest, I suppose a last point to kind of finish on. How do you plot the course for Slido as a business? Because what you have is a very scalable model. You know, you've got three simple, fairly simple features there that... Um, are very flexible to any number of conferences, small and large, in different geographical areas. You know, the, the, the user interface is pretty simple. The, 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 the content itself is generated uh, in, that, in that conference, in that moment. And it can be taken anywhere, I suppose, by fans of the product who've seen it, used at conferences and think it's a good tool to use. So from your perspective, there's almost too much opportunity and too much, what do we do? You know, you, you develop quizzes, it's probably taken you some time to get to the idea that 
that's something good, that's going to add value. With so much opportunity and so much scalability possible, how do you know what's the best thing to do for the business? We sort of follow the demand, honestly. So uh, the whole idea of Sido came about uh, when our founder, Peter, uh, was giving lectures at the university. And instead of giving out the paper forms, he created a simple app to collect the feedback electronically. From there, uh, we evolved this simple prototype into a fully functional, basically, app and expanded to the events. And imagine exactly as you said, like in the event setting, there are so many different people, so many different positions, so many people coming from different um, industries and they get exposed to Slido. So after, after moving from the education to the conference segment, what happened is that all those C-suite executives, they took Slido with them to their companies and they started using it uh, for their internal meetings, all hands meetings, company offsites, and many other use cases. And we sort of follow that demand from education to conferences, from conferences to internal use. And now we are following the demand further on. So now more and more single presenters, trainers, educators are using Slido to improve their presentations and uh, make them more engaging. So the next big step for Slido will be to focus on the solo presenters. Interesting. How do you think that might change presentations? Well, we hope that it will change presentations largely because getting away from PowerPoint, I'd imagine. Exactly, that by PowerPoint, it's become it, it has become a phenomenon, uh, honestly, and people have been talking about that for uh, for ages, to be honest. And quite a few articles started popping up on big portals such as Wired or or Forbes. So there is a clearly a big issue with how presentations are currently done. It's yeah. still a one-way delivery. And it, the, the information just doesn't stick. People are bored, people are disengaged. And you being a presenter or even a manager, when you have a, when you have a team of people that you, need to, that you need to communicate with, you wanna, you wanna make sure that the message sticks. Well, look, I really appreciate you giving up some time rather. I know you're only over in London for a couple of weeks. So thank you for coming and having a conversation with us. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your time over here. Thank you so much for the invitation again. I thought that, so he said in this interview that his concept, it is Slido. Yes. That the concept's kind of like new and original, hasn't been around for that long. Yes. I could disprove that. Right. Interesting. So my stepdad in South Africa used to work in audience response systems. Right. And this exactly what they're doing, he worked in when I was in grade three. Unfortunately, it would appear that Slido has been adopted more successfully then well this was only a south african company so i mean well these guys have expanded out of eastern europe yes but that's because technology's grown you could speak to people more <laughs> look it's slido is a tool that i've used and is actually a brilliant tool and even that's the harvey nash the harvey nash uh, manchester tech event used slido just a couple of weeks ago yeah. yeah 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 really good because um you do go to a lot of like there are a lot of events like two hundred twenty thousand events that are, that are using Slido like that's I don't know what percentage that is of the market I don't know whether that's fifteen percent or one hundred percent but even if it was one hundred percent that's a hell of a lot of events and if you think about it you could spend every day of every week going to something if you wanted mm. and if that's the case you don't want to just sit there aimlessly and listen inactive yeah. passive mm. whatever else do you yeah and people are just shy as well are they. To answer questions, to ask questions, and these yeah, things. Yeah. Sometimes. No, I think they are. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying, like, 
you two are quite outgoing, but you look you look slightly worried, Gordon. Oh yeah, I wouldn't if if I had a question, um, I and I wasn't too sure if I wasn't. Mm. I'm not. Oh, I'm trying to think of the word. I don't know a lot about technology. I know what I need to know. Yeah. I don't know a lot. So if it was a very focused and very niche conference, I wouldn't really want to ask questions. Put my Why? hand up and be put in the fire I'm, line. I am, I'm exactly Why, No, no, I am as well. I, like, I would just text. I'd be like, yeah, put it in. Why are humans innately scared of making themselves look stupid? It must have something to do with like our primal ancestors. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it was necessary to hunter gatherers. Yeah, true. You don't need a... I don't know. I think especially in today's day and age, everyone's so worried about what people think yeah. of you. We literally have a whole Instagram page dedicated to make ourselves look good. <laughs> like Not necessarily. Sometimes Instagram can be to... Couldn't you just agree with me, David? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think there... Uh, we were having this chat uh, on our video show in the Tuck Shop earlier today about the fact that sometimes well I don't know I thought the dial was beginning to shift slightly on Instagram to people being a bit more like yeah this this went wrong and oh, that's okay yeah. yeah I completely agree with that and they're showing like insta fitness people and they're yeah. showing normal photos as well as their fitness and the models are showing normal photos like it's, it's now are you if you would you ever in your whole life post a photo you didn't think looked good on Instagram on your Instagram yes. page don't lie I did this weekend Go have a look. You I did the running on. I did this weekend. I saw yeah. it, I saw it. Yeah, yeah I, but, I look like I'm sandblasted. Exactly. I might look ridiculous, but look at me. I've just achieved it. Oh, shut up. Look at me running. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm in feisty mode today. Yeah, I can tell. I do think it's interesting, though, that we are like scared to put our hands up. Because, you know, I get I get. Well, we went to a press conference a few weeks ago that not everyone invited us along to. Uh, and I asked a question and I'm, I was really quite nervous about asking a question even though I spent my whole career getting up on stage yeah, yeah. which I'm is really surprised. weird but uh, there is something about asking a question and kind of like is my question stupid yes, have exactly. I framed it right yeah. have I put it in context exactly you don't want to be seen seemed, uh, looked at as stupid um, yeah yeah. And when no, you asked, did you ask the question? Yes. And when you asked the question, how was it? Was it an interesting question? Like, did they... Were I they hope so. Good question. I did, I did, I did then go to Ryder. Was that a good question? <laughs> did that make sense? <laughs> but never mind. Um, it's also, it gives people... So, you know, not everyone's able to ask their question. Yes. And someone could be sitting there with their hand up and have, like, an amazing question yeah. and not actually get picked. Yeah. But the, but the question then can... I'm guessing, does it pop up on the side or yeah. does it go through to someone? And they could be like, they could almost that question yeah, is probably one so of the best. So having used Slido as a presenter, yeah. which by the way is a challenge because I'm useless at multitasking. <laughs> that is one thing I will say. If you can make it slightly slicker, maybe I just need someone going, that that one. All right, okay, yeah. Because uh, I, I have someone yeah, telling you this what one. to do. No, but you, kind of, you do, you, you, you get them up on screen, you can go through and pick stuff out. So people can ask quite safely, you know, the presenter's not going to be on stage and go, oh, this question's stupid. Uh, and also, even if you do even if you do submit it, it doesn't say who submitted it, it just comes up. Oh, okay. Um, and the other thing that, that, that is really useful is this live polls idea. So the Manchester Tech event, um, they basically got the audience of, what, what was it, 120 people to vote for their favourite startup, and there were three questions. 
and you can you basically click through multiple choice three times. So that way you could participate, but in a very safe right. way. Yeah. yeah. You know that doesn't freak humans and also, out. You, you guys, companies, could get really good feedback not only on events but maybe yep. what's happening with them at the moment and trends, all that type of stuff. Do you think people do want to interact with speakers? Definitely. Oh, uh, when you touched on um, this is an improvement of someone just standing there doing a PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really because when you do think of it, it is a bit boring sometimes. You do your a mind bit. starts. Yeah, it depends what subject. Um, but your mind does start to wander, but bringing more social interaction in it, you're more engaged, and I, I think it's such a... Yeah, when, when he talks about the kind of getting away from PowerPoint, we've been talking about it for yeah. ages, it's like, you don't say. We have been talking about death yeah. by PowerPoint for God knows how long. Yeah. Yeah. And every single alternative to PowerPoint has kind of fallen by the wayside as basically being like, let's try and do PowerPoint, but in a more interesting way. Slides isn't slow. Um, so there's Prezi. Prezi, that's it. Yeah, sure. but that kind of came and went. It's just... A jazzier version of PowerPoint, whereas this isn't replacing PowerPoint. It's yeah. just trying to make PowerPoint more interesting and efficient. Saying here's a presentation, but here's an extra layer that works. But I do like the fact that they completely um, appreciate that of the two the two reasons, principal reasons, we're going to a conference: learning and networking. Establishing a, establishing a relationship when you meet that that aspect will never go away. I I do think that is that when you were talking about the this could go virtual. Yes. Face to face out of the yard. Well, I just wanted to see what his thoughts were on it. And, and uh, again, he brought it back to the fact that people still like that human interaction. Yeah. Right? Which is cool. But if even if it did go virtual, it's not like I think Slido would just grow with it. They'd mm-hmm. come out with new, kind of innovative ways to use their tech on a virtual platform, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. That's what I have to say about that. Thank you. <laughs> um, I did also like his point, by the way, just from a pure kind of, okay, hopefully good for the for the economy in the UK in the long term. Everyone speaks English, no barrier to coming here, which is true. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, here's a company founded in Eastern Europe where the common language actually is English. And if you think about it, you go to so many different countries where the international language of business is English and it does make it so useful and actually is one of those things that kind of bulletproofs the economy to a certain degree. Mm. I also agree with you that I go to another country and get so embarrassed that I oh, can't yeah. speak that language. I feel so bad as well. But most Brits actually can't because everyone else does speak it. Yeah, yeah. And look, that, the, the fact that the international language of business is English is no excuse for no, going no. on holiday to a country and Not, acting like a yeah. by just oh, expecting yeah. everyone else but. to speak English. Um, like, it's, it's that weird thing, isn't it? People go, you know, Parisians are rude. It's like, no, Parisians aren't rude. If you try and speak French, they're very lovely. Mm. At least try. You might get it wrong. They're not rude, Ali. <laughs> I have to point that out right now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right, look, thank you for being our guest, Yuri, as Ali is telling me that I pronounced your name wrong in the intro. Uh, please do contact us afterwards to tell me if Yuri or Yuri is correct. And if it is Yuri, then I apologise profusely for my mispronunciation during our meeting. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll go to this quick advert break and afterwards we'll be back with the piece of technology news. 
Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. Welcome back to Tech Talks. Um, before we went on air, I gave Ali, sorry Courtney, I gave Ali this choice. The choice of two stories, one about TikTok and one about coronavirus. And you chose the one about coronavirus. Wow, oh, if we had a poll now, we could have been, which one did you think Ellie chose? What, using Slido in the room? Exactly. There's only three Slido of us here, so class. you already know the answer, I already know the answer, so it would have been a bit. I'm surprised you didn't vote for TikTok. Um, well, I did. I said it's between TikTok and the coronavirus. Yeah, she dumped one of the story about oh. Airbnb. Um, TikTok, basically, people are now being able to charge up to a million dollars a post, potentially. So, yeah. But no, we're going to talk about coronavirus instead. Okay. Um, and this story is in The Verge. I'm just going to get it up. And it's probably not the angle that you're going to expect. It's all about the Ukraine. Basically, a false email was sent out made it look like it was an official email from the Ukrainian government saying that five people in the country had been tested positive for coronavirus, which led to violent protests breaking out across the country um, and, by all accounts, attacks on Chinese nationals or, or ethnic yeah. Chinese people. Um, or it was, and also attacks against evacuees trying to enter the Ukraine. But it turned out to be a hoax. So it's completely false email. Um, and what's interesting is the supposition, obviously, is all you now need to do to attack, like a cyber, a genuine cyber attack on a country, is to go, you got coronavirus, and people will yeah, react and panic and yeah. obviously cause disruption. This is why I think that there was a lot of media at the beginning, mm. but recently I've just, there's not as haven't much as, yeah, I haven't yeah. heard as much, and I think it is for this reason. Is to stop that that racism. Well, it's, that's that is that's what it is. I think that. Um, so, just to point out, when it first came to the UK, they there were four cases in the UK, mm-hmm. or two or something. We, us in the UK, we didn't go mental. I don't know if you. I didn't know that that email said there's only been five cases. So the email originated from outside the UK, Ukraine, according to a government statement. Yeah. Being falsely claimed there were five cases of coronavirus in the country. In reality, there had been zero reported cases of the virus in Ukraine. But the email was sent the same day evacuees from China landed in the country. Uh, and some Ukrainian residents protested the evacuees' arrival uh, by blocking yeah. roads that led to medical facilities. And in some cases, by smashing the windows of buses carrying the evacuees. So it was targeted at the entry. There's like racism. Yeah. But it's it's like it's a new form of cyber attack almost in the lowest form. But it's yeah. preying on it's false information, and it, it leads back to that thing again. Like there is a lot of concern at the minute, isn't there, in the press of are the because the Chinese have changed the way that they report figures twice, and are they suppressing numbers to help the economy? But the Chinese economy. Yes. Okay. So they don't want the, the 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 insinuation is they don't want the outbreak to appear as severe as it may be because that's stalling the Chinese economy and, and they want people to go back to work. Twice. They've okay. changed the way they've reported numbers twice. Okay. So it's kind of opaque about exactly what's going on on the ground. 
because it is hurting the economy. And it's the, the outbreak in Italy is beginning to hurt um, the, the stock market in Europe as well and also hitting the FTSE. So it's, it's a very dicey environment right now from a confidence point of view and misinformation. Yeah. You know, we all know that misinformation can easily spread through services like WhatsApp and Facebook? when you... Facebook's massive. Yeah, yeah, of course, but in particular, like you know, in the in the, in, in the Brazilian election uh, of last, well, two years ago now, I think, yeah. and also there've been cases of, of of lynchings in India due to misinformation spreading on WhatsApp previously. Um, but there's that concern, isn't there, that not only do you have this potential for people to get riled up by fake news effectively and targeted attacks through mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. equally, people are suspicious of official statistics because. They don't know whether or yeah. not governments are skewing statistics to, to for their own. Yeah. With the previous yeah. major illness, I can't remember what it was now. Mars or SARS would be Yeah, one which is why they've had to SARS. keep it swine. very... Mm. Was it swine flu? Yeah. Oh, that's why they have to be very transparent, but obviously people aren't going to trust them because of what they've done previously. It's interesting, isn't it? I think the world, that's how the world's going to end. What, it's gonna be a, vi- it's a gonna fake be a email. virus. No, what? <laughs> it's gonna be a virus. Could be a fake email. Um, I just imagine. So these these emails go. No, sorry, tangent. These emails go to like the public, and that's where this information is really dangerous because you have this type of thing happens in numbers. So if you're sending out, listen, it's just broken out, and people are like, we have to do something about it. The government's not doing anything. That's where these huge issues come in. So you're right, it's a cyber attack. It is a cyber attack. It's a terrorist cyber attack. It's using communications to spread false information, to set off panic, to cause disruption. It's really interesting. It's also quite scary. Very scary. Yeah. Don't believe everything you read online or see in mail. Apparently Twitter are beginning to trial um, uh, a kind of a light, a light, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, traffic light system to denote whether or not they believe that something is coming from a trusted source or not. So like a blue arrow for posts. Yeah, almost. Yeah, like we believe that this is probably accurate. We're not entirely sure if this is accurate. Take it with a pinch of salt. How they're doing that, I don't know. We don't know. But the email that it came from. So you know, I I get a lot of emails saying your credit card is. You need to enter your details. Was it that sort of email address? Because you do click on it and it says some rubbish email address and you're like this is definitely so, isn't true an email that appears to come from the Ukraine's Ministry yeah. of Health containing okay. false information so it's it's a it's a very traditional phishing attack yeah well think about it we got an SMS the other day I don't know if you guys did I got it from um, the <clears throat> NHS I got an SMS from the oh, NHS saying that. if you're feeling any flu-like symptoms stay inside and call an ambulance oh. but that is official that yeah. is official recommendation yes but I'm saying how, surely it's easy to hack something like that Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, the hack would be if you're feeling unwell, book an Uber and take yourself to Amy, which is what that person did and everyone went, oh my God, what have you done? Like, you know, you are supposed to basically stay indoors and then you get collected rather than just kind of, oh, get on the tube and take yourself to A&E, cough everywhere. No. Go on a ski trip, go, yeah. go to an expo. Oh, yeah, exactly. Go go to go to a conference with a whole load of MPs. Or, or go on a cruise. Wanna, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, well, going on a cruise is never a good idea. Um, right, with that, why are you frowning? I've never been on a cruise. I want to go on a cruise. Why are you saying I shouldn't go on a cruise? Because it's full of old people, isn't it? 
My oh. nan did just go on a cruise on her own. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going on one in December against my... Well, never mind. Thanks. Right. We'll talk to you on uh, Friday. <laughs>